Well, if you didn't figure it out, we're in Psalm 23 this morning. Last July, we began a series of messages from the book of Psalms uh, entitled, This is My Story, This is My Psalm. And uh, we're trying to give a little background to each of the psalms that we've gone through and, and then a message of application for each of us. Thus far, we've had 17 messages from the psalms. Um, let me just remind you, it's been a while since we've been there. We took a, a few, a couple of months off through January and February, part of March here, uh, as we introduced our theme for this year, Love, Serve, Reach. Uh, and so we've had a little bit of a pause, but... We've looked at Psalm 90, uh, the gift of time, uh, Psalm 91, problems, promises, and presence, Psalm 1, the pursuit of happiness, Psalm 61, that's my favorite psalm, that's my passage that I, that I love dearly, and we talked about from being overwhelmed to overflowing, Psalm 95, come and participate, Psalm 20, we looked at that on 9-11, and we emphasize the thought there out of that psalm of remembering. And then we looked at Psalm 21 of what a mighty God we serve. Psalm 6, from tears to triumph. Psalm 86, a guide in prayer. Psalm 19, the declaration of God. Psalm 73, from pity party to praise party. Psalm 34, we looked at two messages at all times. And then the next week, taste and see. Psalm 110, this was during our Christmas season. We looked at three Psalms, 110, 22, and Psalm 2 over three weeks of Christ in the Psalms. And then the very first Sunday of this year was our last message. We looked at Psalm 139 in God's pursuit of man. As we get into Psalm 23, this has been a Psalm that many of you have come to me and said, Pastor, let us know when you're preaching Psalm 23. I don't want to miss that Sunday. I wanted to say, you shouldn't miss any Sunday. But I understand Psalm 23 is a special psalm to many people, isn't it? Uh, it's been highlighted today in our music. Thank you to everyone that has helped with that. And if it's not the most favored and well-known of the psalms or of all the Bible, it certainly is in the top three or four. It is a psalm that is loved by many, often quoted or referenced during the ups and downs of life. Chris read it for us here just a moment ago, but let's read these six verses again. Follow along as I read it this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, it's been good this morning. I've enjoyed our singing and our exaltation of you today. Minister to my heart in many ways. Thank you, God. Father, as we look into your word for just a few moments today, we pray for your guidance and direction and 
Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would have free reign in our services today, that in our hearts would be open to you and to your word. Lord, that we would leave here today having done what you've led us to do, having made the decisions you've laid on our hearts. Lord, don't let us leave here unchanged today. Work in us, Lord. and Help us to be submissive to you, Lord. And we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. As you know, this is a psalm of David. David himself is a shepherd. And although David is the king of Israel at this time, he still had a shepherd's heart. In fact, he became known as the shepherd king. A shepherd is an interesting picture, especially since shepherds were not typically thought well of in that culture. Uh, There were restrictions upon them. They were looked down upon. They were not allowed to enter into certain parts of the temple in that area. They they were not a well-liked or well-received group. But in spite of that, God seems to highlight the role of the shepherd throughout the Scriptures. I'm reminded of the passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verses 26 through 29 where it talks about how God hath chosen, and he gives all these different descriptions of the weak, the base, the unlearned. It just seems like God's for the underdog. He seems like he's for the one that the world would reject, that the world would want nothing to have anything to do with. God often chooses those that the world has a low opinion on and makes and does much through them. You think about this, Moses, who was a failure in Egypt, had to run for his life and became a shepherd on the backside of the desert. God went to that man and used him to deliver the nation of Israel out of their hundreds of years of bondage. We know that God took a little shepherd boy named David, used him to first of all deliver Israel and their armies from Goliath and the armies of the Philistines and And even beyond that, took that shepherd boy and anointed him to be the next king of Israel. You remember that passage there in 1 Samuel where uh, Samuel shows up at Jesse's home and says, I'm here to anoint the next king of Israel. And surely it was Eliab, the eldest. And it wasn't him. And Jesse went through every son. And Samuel said, none of these are are the Lord's anointed. Is there anybody else? And you can just tell by the way that is written in that scripture that Jesse was thinking, not David, surely not him. It wouldn't be him. I just have one son left out in the field watching a few sheep, and that's who God chose. In 1 Peter chapter 5, the Bible pictures the role of a pastor as an under-shepherd beneath the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself pictures himself as a shepherd in John chapter number 10. Where he says, my sheep know my voice, and they hear me, and they listen to me. And he gave his life for his sheep. It's a wonderful picture throughout the scriptures, and especially here in Psalm 23, the picture of a shepherd. This morning, I want to introduce to us two thoughts, and we'll only speak of one this morning and get into the second thought next week. But I want us to consider Psalm 23 in this fashion, with the thought of, It being a personal psalm, personal, and a psalm that provides great peace or contentment. As we focus on this thought of it being a personal psalm, on a personal level, 
you'll notice as we read through here how David references himself multiple times. And again, as I read it, take note of this this time. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David recognizes this and he reads this in this fashion. Remember, David is a, is a shepherd himself, but he's not recognizing himself as a shepherd in this passage of Scripture. He's recognizing himself as a sheep. To identify himself as a sheep, David would know better than anybody else, is not necessarily a complimentary picture. Uh, the sheep were not known to be a, 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 uh, uh, an animal that you would look at and elevate. I don't know of any sports teams that have named themselves the sheeps. I don't picture them as being uh, 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 this dominant, domineering kind of a beast. Rachel and I went on a drive here just a, a couple of weeks ago, went out a little bit into the country and, and uh, uh, drove past a farm and I looked out there and there was probably 10 or 15 sheep out there and, and I saw little lambs running, chasing after their mom and I didn't think, wow, look at those ferocious beasts. I, I thought, wow, look at those dainty, cute precious little animals that that's what we would think of when we think of these sheep but David would know beyond that he could also say look at those dumb defenseless stubborn prone to illness and disease little creatures they are not these strong domineering animals speaking of stubbornness and dumbness and difficulties i read of sheila the sheep i think we got a picture of her here that's sheila the sheep she was in australia and she walked away from her flock and was lost for six years she was finally found on the side of a road and she couldn't move anymore and she couldn't see because her fur had grown so much and she became worldwide famous because they, they sheared off 46 pounds of wool off of her. It got to the point she couldn't walk, she couldn't carry the load. And that's not uncommon for sheep to do things like that. To wander away, to go away from the flock, to leave their shepherd. And so David, as he's referring to this, he's referring to himself. But he's highlighting the shepherd He's highlighting the shepherd that we can look to. Many people would claim this psalm as their favorite, favorite psalm. They could quote it. They've read it many times. But I ask the question today, do they truly know the shepherd? Or oh, they may know things about this psalm. 
They may know all six verses completely and accurately, but do they know the shepherd? I remember hearing years ago of an illustration of a, of a, a play or a, a reading that was taking place and um, uh, an actor was going to be reading Psalm 23 to a large audience in, a, in, a, in, a, in an auditorium. And um, this actor was trained properly and, and had memorized this and, and knew all the places to pause and all the places to emphasize. And, and he went through this and in a grammatical sense and in a speech sense, he would have got top marks. And he got an applause when he was done. But then the, the, uh, the, 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 the actor, he had a friend there that was visiting that evening. And that friend was a pastor, a preacher. And he invited his friend, he says, he called his name, he says, I'd like him to come and read or quote Psalm 23 for us as well. And when this man got up there, he read it in his not uh, well-trained voice and, and an emphasis and all those things, but he read it in such a fashion that when he was completed, there was no applause, but there were tears throughout the auditorium as people were moved by the reading and the quoting of this psalm and someone asked what was the difference and the actor said this I know psalm 23 he knows the shepherd there's a difference than just knowing about this and knowing about the shepherd and knowing the shepherd of knowing him in a personal way in fact we'll talk about peace next week that this psalm provides, but I'll tell you today, this psalm will never provide you the peace until you know the shepherd of this psalm. You must know him in a real and a personal way. Just recently I was reminded in preparing for a Bible class I was teaching in our institute and, and I was reminded of this illustration of a man that was on an airplane and uh, gets the news that this little airplane that he was on was going to crash. And the pilot got back to him and says, we're going down. But don't worry, there's a parachute under the seat. Now the knowledge of that parachute is wonderful, isn't it? But that parachute will do that person no good until what? He takes the parachute out and he puts the parachute on and he uses the parachute. And for many people today, they know about the shepherd but they've never put the shepherd on. They've never claimed the shepherd. They've never taken him and, and made him a part of their lives. And so this morning, as I introduce this to us, I introduce it to you with this thought in mind. One simple thought. Is it personal to you? Do you know Jesus Christ as the shepherd? Have you met him in this fashion? Has he become your savior? And if you're here today and you often go to this or another passage of Scripture seeking peace, seeking contentment, you'll never find it. You'll never find that true commitment until you find the shepherd. Let me give you just three thoughts this morning of what it means to recognize Jesus as the shepherd, to recognize Jesus as, as your Savior. It begins with this. It begins with the recognition a recognition of who you are, 
Oh, I spoke a little bit about sheep and the great comparison they are to people. But let me tell you where we all fall in this one category today. The scripture makes it clear today that every one of us are sinners. We were born with a sin nature that we inherited from our father, Adam. Every one of us today, it doesn't matter if we would say I'm a big sinner or a little sinner. The fact remains today that you are a sinner. I don't say that just because I believe that, but that's what the scriptures teach us. Romans chapter 3 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 23, the same chapter says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You think about the Ten Commandments with me for just a moment this morning. Think about some of those commandments that you can remember there. And I wonder today, how many of you could say that you've never lied? You've never told something that was not true or you never tried to deceive somebody with your words. Every one of us in some fashion at some point has told a lie. And that would make every one of us what? Liars. Uh, the Bible tells us there uh, 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 that, that thou shalt not steal. Uh, I wonder today how many of us in here could say that we've never taken anything. And we may not have any bank robbers in here today. We may not have somebody that's held somebody up at gunpoint, but we've all probably taken something that did not belong to us. From something out of our mom's purse when we were a little child, to perhaps stealing time from our employer. There's many ways that we can become thieves. We're liars, we're thieves. People today... We'll break the commandment of taking the Lord's name in vain, using it as a, as a swear word, using it as a word of disgust. And perhaps there's been a time in your life you've done that yourself. There's a thought of, uh, 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 of adultery, of fornication, and the Bible speaks of that in a fashion that even in our hearts when we think of that, that's the sin of an adultery. It doesn't take us long just to use the standard of the Ten Commandments to find out that each of us are sinners every one of us and in order for him to become my shepherd to become my savior it must begin here recognizing who you are each and every one of us today are sinners recognizing this and then repenting of these sins it's the idea of turning away say i'm tired of living in my sin i'm tired of participating in these things and i'm going to turn away from those things and here's the great thing. It's not just a turning away from, it's a turning to. It's a turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. Admitting that I no longer want to be in this. I no longer want these things to rule my life. And the only way I can get victory is turning away from and turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I must recognize who I am. I must repent of my sins. And then the Bible makes it very clear. I must receive Christ as my Savior, by trusting his death, trusting the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and calling upon him. Many people, this is where they lose it. This is where it ends. They recognize they're a sinner. They realize their sin's bad for them, but they're not willing to call on the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they know about him. They know what he's done for them but not willing to call on the Lord Jesus Christ. Years ago, I was presenting the gospel message to a man. He was an elderly man. 
In fact, he was in a nursing home. His first name was Joe. And we went through the whole plan of salvation and he was, he was, he was following along with me. He was understanding. He was agreeing with everything I was saying. And as I went through this point after point thoroughly and carefully, he was agreeing with me. And we get to this thought here of receiving Christ, calling upon Christ. I said, Joe, are you ready to receive Christ as your Savior today? And he said, no, I'm not. I said, and I, and I, I was really floored by the way he had been responding, the way that he had been uh, agreeing with me. And he says, no, I'm not ready to do that. And I said, Joe, Why not? Do you understand the consequence of this? Do you understand what could happen when you die or what will happen when you die? And he, he says, yeah, I know that, but I'm not going to do it. And he had some, some various reasons why he said he wasn't going to do it. And you know what that was? It's like that man that has the knowledge of a parachute, the understanding that that is his only ways of deliverance and still rejecting it. It was heartbreaking I sat there and pleaded with him for another 10 or 15 minutes and asking him to reconsider. And with tears in his eyes, he said no. And he asked me to leave. Now church, I wanted to bring this thought to you today as we get into Psalm 23 for the next week or so. But it's not going to do you any good until you know him as your Savior. He cannot be your shepherd until he's your savior. It would do me no good just to present this and you don't know him in that real personal way. Oh, you could quote the verses. You could say uh, all that, and, but you don't know him. What benefit would it do for you? Nothing. So this morning, do you know the shepherd or do you just know about the shepherd? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. More than just the words of a preacher today uh, that might have made you laugh or might have made you think or might have made you consider. I wonder today, do you have a stirring in your heart, a moving from within. As you've heard, the, heard this thought today of this personalization of Psalm 23, of knowing the Savior today, do you feel a stirring inside of you that comes from the Lord Jesus, comes from the Holy Spirit actually today, that is stirring and drawing you to himself today? I can't tell. I can't look within a person. That's a, that's a decision between you. That's a, a determination between you and the Lord today. And if you're here this morning and you feel that stirring in your heart, I want you to know today that's God saying he loves you, he cares about you, and he wants you to meet and know the shepherd. If you're here today and you've never called on the Lord Jesus Christ, you might know all about him, but until you've received him as your savior, he can never be your shepherd. We want to encourage you today, I want to encourage you today that you wouldn't leave here without getting that settled once and for all. Getting that, that, that taken care of, we would love to take the scriptures and show you from God's word how you can be saved. You may be here today and 
You know the shepherd. But you're kind of like Sheila the sheep. Doing your own thing. Walking away from him. And the Lord's touching your heart. Come and get right with the shepherd today. Father, I pray that you take this invitation now, Lord. And Lord, that you would do a work and a stirring in our hearts today. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, for that individual or individuals that is here today and doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, that today they would turn their hearts to you and receive you. Lord, truly get to know you today. Lord, I pray for those that are saved but tend to wander away, do their own thing. Lord, I pray today that you've convicted them and, Lord, they would respond to you today. Lord, take this invitation, use it for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, would you stand with me this morning? As the piano begins to play, we're going to have our invitation. The Lord's spoken to your heart, tugging on your heart. The altar is available for you today. He is the good shepherd. He loves you. He longs to be your Savior. Will you respond to him today? So the Lord's dealing with you. Would you respond this morning?